Hey, Pasa Mufasa, welcome to the Mycopreneur Podcast. This is a podcast about people solving problems with mushrooms. I'm your host, Dennis Walker. Let's get down to business. Okay, Pasa Mufasa Hunter Vargo from Mountain View Mushrooms. How's it going today, bud? Welcome to the Mycopreneur Podcast. Very good. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm super pumped to have you on the program and to dive into your story and your philosophies about running a mushroom business. And so what's the origin story for Mountain View Mushrooms, Hunter? Basically, I think it's how a lot of people have started. You know, they get the, um, the mushroom grow kit and then take it, take it from there and just uh, expand it and figure out ways you can keep on growing that mycelium out. But yeah, uh, over the giant quarantine, I was really bored, and I think all of us were. My mom had come home with a little kit where you can grow. I think it was uh, blue oyster mushrooms that I was able to grow. And uh, actually, we all liked it. The whole family liked it. And uh, we're, we're all in the cooking, so that was something. Well, my dad's a really big cook in the house, <laughs> so he really liked cooking with mushrooms. And it just sparked a lot of interest being able to, you know, grow these beautiful blue oyster mushrooms and then go take your own very own harvest fruit the mushrooms and then go ahead and cook those so i really i really liked it i enjoyed that and i just stuck with it i was like let's see what else i can grow <laughs> you know and uh pink oysters and then you know you know the drill all the other ones you try you try them all and then obviously culinary side of it go ahead and cook them and yeah it was just i enjoyed every little bit of it and decided who else might want these beautiful mushrooms and it turns out the demand was there I was watching your YouTube channel, which I encourage people to check out Mountain View Mushrooms on YouTube and we'll link the channel there, that I noticed that you have a number of restaurant accounts in your area and in your region. And I think that cultivation and entrepreneurship are different skills in some ways and they both are comprised of a lot of different sub skill sets. And it looks like Mountain View Mushrooms has the entrepreneurship angles dialed in too and you've got a bunch of restaurant accounts. So I'm curious, how did you go about getting your first accounts? You started growing mushrooms and you're stoked and your family's stoked. What did that look like, that next step towards actually procuring clients and starting to get restaurant accounts? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. That's the name of the game, getting clients in business. And uh, it's actually taught me so much. So I first started out, I had a teacher in school. Uh, his name is Mr. Greenberger. He helped me get into a brewing company. I got re really good relationships with the chefs there. I pitched my stuff to them and everything, and they, they really enjoyed it. Give them a nice, upbeat, happy. I came with all my, all my stuff and showed them everything. And I love to bring them samples, right? So I'm always giving something to them. And they really respect that and appreciate that. And most of the time, I'll get a call back. Hey, can we get more this week? Or next week and then it's just week after week you know they put things on the menu and that's really how it started I just uh, I got an in somewhere and out of nowhere and I was like I didn't even really have the supplies right so I didn't even at the time I was not equipped to like fully supply them but uh, it didn't matter my teacher wanted me to go and show them what I had and so when I get to the point uh, where I can supply them, they're they're ready to take some on. So, yeah, I have a bunch of different clients. A, a big resort, Woodlux, Woodlux Springs by me. Harvest Restaurant, which which is absolutely awesome. That's in Scranton, in Pennsylvania. That is, <laughs> I'm up in Pennsylvania for those listening. Also, the Walpole Pike Brewing Company. Obviously, they do some specials with my stuff and some other little places. Uh, I've, I've delivered to a, to a um, food truck before and uh, farmers markets as well so i'm in a, I'm a big farmers market three days a week in the summer for about 
four months or so. But yeah, it's really just uh, like the client acquisition is is basically it's it's pretty easy. You just uh, go happy, upbeat. Tell them about what you got. Make sure you got your uh, insurance squared away because they always like to hear that. Um, also, like if you're into the mycological universe, you know, use those terms really shows them you know what you're talking about. And from there, you can really you know impress them and and show them. Look at this awesome stuff I got. Here's some free stuff to try. Let me know if you want more. Or you can ask somebody on the spot. Like put them on the spot. Be like. Is this something with you that you would use, and uh, you know, and really get an answer right then and there? Because I know a lot of times those chefs are really, really busy. So if you can get an answer then and there, that's great. Right on, man. Well, the entrepreneurship is very impressive because that's something I think we try to lean into on this program and focus on and whatnot is kind of best practices and strategies for getting your product off the ground and out into the real world. So another thing I picked up on from researching the content that you put out into the, the universe and the microverse is that you built your own flow hood. Is that correct? And can you talk a little bit about, tell us a little bit about that process and have you customized other assets in your micropreneurial universe? Well, there's a bunch of different bottlenecks in this industry. As we all know, uh, pressure cooking is one of them and, and sterilizing substrates. And then also uh, the flow hood, it's, it's crucial. Uh, so I first started off with a steel air box in my room and I built that myself and I'd like suds up the, uh, all the sides of the containers and then let it sit with all my stuff inside so all the mold and bacteria would stick to the bottoms and then I'd operate with my little gloves in there. Um, and then from there it's like, well, if I'm going to do full-size blocks to turn this into a business, I really need something where I can really work freely in and uh, have a big area of a sterile environment. So, uh, yeah, I basically did build my own um, flow hood, I guess, and I basically just, my dad, uh, his business is um, testing homes for air leakage and stuff like that, so he has a lot of uh, different fan equipment, it's like high-powered fans, and he uh, let me use one of his older pieces of equipment, and uh, it's actually broken the dial on it, so I took it into class, and I'm in a computer science class, and we fixed that whole dial, it was really simple, but we did a little soldering, fixed that up, and basically that's a speed dial so it controls the fan speed and I just taped a perfectly sized uh, square funnel so it's like small opening it goes to a larger square opening and apparently it fit perfectly on the flow hood that I, I measured online so I basically took the measurements and from there I just taped them up and uh, a lot of good tape on it <laughs> sticky tape and it worked perfectly. I could uh, change the speeds of my my fan. I usually always keep it on high just to really push away any mold or bacteria. And uh, that's it. Pretty pretty simple. But I did I did kind of rig it myself. <laughs> that's what's up, man. I love bootstrapping. This term bootstrapping being using what you have available. You know, there's this tendency or this this temptation to spend a lot of money and buy all these fancy gadgets, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful just because you can buy all this fancy equipment. I think bootstrapping goes so far in micropreneurism and being able to use the resources you have available. And that's what mushrooms are all about, right? Is using all of the resources and being as closed loop and as efficient as possible. So to build off of that, I'm curious what an average day at Mountain View Mushrooms looks like. So you've got to be pretty organized and disciplined to make your hustle worthwhile. And do you have a set routine or a set workflow? Or does it depend on the day of the week? Do you have 
assistants? Do you have assistants or employees who help you with anything and take some of that workload off? Or what does an average Tuesday like today look like for you at Mountain View Mushrooms? I first start off with a, a little whiteboard. So I have to write just everything I need to get done down for the day. Otherwise, it'll never happen because my brain's too scatterbrained. But yeah, I'll write down everything I have to do for the day on a, on a little whiteboard. And then I'll go down the list, whether it's making a delivery to a, one of my restaurants or... Uh, or, I ha or sterilizing blocks, making blocks, whatever it is. But usually it'll depend on the day, but usually I'm always making or pressure cooking uh, blocks. So I'll get my uh, soy hulls, 50% soy hulls for my master's mix, 50% soy hull, 50% hardwood. And then I use 10 pound blocks, actually biodegradable bags. And I'll formulate the substrate out, pour 50%, 50% in the bags, and then I'll hydrate them uh, using a set amount of water. And uh, that's what's one thing I do most of my days. Uh, deliveries are sporadic, so usually when the chefs call me if they're local. Otherwise, I usually go out Thursdays or Fridays and uh, go and deliver. And then, yeah, sterilizing substrates, so pressure cooking, that's a whole thing. That'll take a couple hours. I, gotta, I got, also want to be home because I pressurize on open flames, so it's good to keep an eye on that. Can't let it let it go passively, unfortunately. I guess I, I get up, uh, write down what I need to get done for the day on the whiteboard, such as those tasks and more. There's a bunch of little things, you know, and uh, take it down the list, check off each thing as like it's an achievement, and that keeps me going. Word. So did you finish high school during quarantine? Is that how that worked? That was my junior year. I was uh, 17, and then I took it right into my... Uh, oh, I'm 18 right now, and I'm almost, I'm almost 19. So it's been about... Two years, about a year, I'd say a year and a half since I first started growing, growing. And the company's only been out for about six months uh, and then really doing business for the last five months. Because I'm just curious about the transition from side hustle to full-time hustle because there's a lot. Yeah, please tell us about that. I think there's so many folks who are like, they want to do what you're doing. It comes down to really scrapping around, like saying, scrounging around for things and making it work. Um, but yeah, I... From the grow kit, I, I just basically took over my entire room, just playing around and getting familiar with all the things. And it wasn't a business. It really wasn't. I was just having fun. Uh, that's how it started. And, I, you know, I guess for everyone else out there, I was full-time with school. Uh, actually, well, I had quarantine, but I did do the business full-time with school. Um, I couldn't do it as heavily as I could now, and I wouldn't be doing as well as I could now. But at least, like, you have a job. You can come home and, and, and practice growing and learning different things. So when you do get set up, for if this is what you want to do in the future, um, you can, you can do it. You can just tinker around when you have the time and, and get really familiar and that's going to really accelerate. And there's lots of good information on YouTube. So I would constantly watch YouTube videos on mushroom growing and, uh, actually punky roost, very like, um, scrappy, small mushroom farmer, very, very small, uh, on YouTube, but well, 11,000 followers, but, but, uh, in the general pr perspective, and she used to, I took a little tiny uh, pressure cooker. It wasn't even, it was like only got up to 12 PSI, and I'd stuff a block. It was like not very big at all. And I'd stuff like one tiny bag in there, and I'd sterilize like uh, for like three and a half hours. I don't know, however long it takes to sterilize that 12 PSI. I would stuff it in there and let it go. <laughs> and uh, it barely fit, but I had to like put something over the, the gasket so my bags doesn't inflate and <laughs> create a pressure cooker bomb. But but yeah, that's how I started. I just started cramming things in and and uh, using uh, jars. And you can actually, if you go to my uh, mushroom page at the bottom, there's some um, 
interesting photos of when I got started. I hope to also post them on my YouTube so people can really see like how I started out because it was nothing like it is now. <laughs> but yeah, just scrapping around for things. That's how I started and, and trying not to spend a lot because I didn't have a lot. And you don't need a lot if you're, um, you know, eBay and stuff. There's lots of different used things you can get on there and if you want to get started with mushrooms. But yeah, that's how I started. I basically just scrapped around for different things in the house. I was using uh, different of uh, my brother's brother's equipment. I was like, what are you using that for? I'm, oh, I'm going to try using it for my mushrooms. And I'd go buy wild bird seed, inoculate wild bird seed because it was cheap. And I'd clean it out in like buckets to get all the sunflowers out, sunflower seeds out, and just and all this stuff I learned from YouTube, basically YouTube University. So, <laughs> love YouTube University, huge fan, and I think that's how a lot of folks around the world are learning these days, right? Because we're very fortunate to live in the United States. We have a pretty decent education system, I guess, overall on a global scale. And a lot of folks don't have that. So I think YouTube is such a great place to learn things. And speaking of younger folks and education, you know, I used to be a high school teacher. I taught multimedia production and I was constantly grappling with trying to prepare my students, my, I was working with freshmen, for a future that was increasingly uncertain, where skill sets and things that content you're learning in school are often irrelevant five years from now or 10 years from now, just with the speed of how everything's moving. So I think that mushroom cultivation and mycopreneurship is something that stands the test of time. It's been around forever. You know, there's been people cultivating and eating mushrooms forever and it's growing. It's an industry that's growing very quickly as a lot of people can attest to. So I'm curious if you've considered getting more involved in creating educational content yourself. You've got a few videos out. Is that something you've considered doing more of? Because I think there's a lot of prospective 17 and 18 year old mycopreneurs out there who would love to get going with what you're doing and follow a similar trajectory. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've already uh, made a couple of videos. I got a camera for Christmas and uh, yeah, I've already made a bunch of videos that I'm going to be posting on the Mountain View Mushrooms YouTube page. And these are like the last one I did was, uh, I have to edit it, but I just, uh, different cuts on blocks. So um, there's a bunch of different cuts you can do on blocks and how they affect your yield. So I always thought that was something interesting and be something useful for people to know. I did four different cuts. This is on the pink oyster mushroom strand and uh, we'll see what which one yields the most and then I'll upload that to YouTube in a in a nice nice fashion. I'm pretty good with editing things on, on YouTube and, and since I got a new camera it'll be much higher quality. <laughs> but um, but yeah, this is exciting. I, 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 and then I, you know, being able to share this stuff with everyone else is important and also gets my name out there and my companies. Yeah, and speaking of being from Pennsylvania, I think that's like the mushroom capital of the United States. There's quite a bit happening out there and quite a few companies and even some folks we've had on the podcast. I'm curious, have you had an opportunity to learn in person from any other micropreneurs or people working with mushrooms? I have, I've met a couple people, but I've never actually gone to any other farms or anything. Basically, YouTube University, although I really want to go fly out and see if uh, Mushroom Mike from Southwest will, uh, uh, I could, I'll take him out to dinner or something <laughs> just to talk to him. I think that'd be awesome. I'll fly out to wherever he's Arizona or something like that. Uh, I think that'd be so cool. But or any any other big mushroom farmer, I'd love to go visit them and just learn from them because I think there's so much to learn. Um, but yeah, and also for, for competition for anybody getting started, uh, like I'm in the mushroom capital of the world, Canton Square, and they're growing everything, huge grow rooms, and there's still plenty of space for me to grow. So in terms of competition, don't get discouraged. Yeah, you know, coming from San Diego and that part of the world, 
there's really not a tremendous amount of mushroom cultivation. It's growing. I know plenty of folks who have been getting into it and kind of like your story, quite a few of them picked it up during quarantine or decided to really turn up the gas during quarantine and now are running successful businesses, even though they're only a year old. So thinking about other parts of the country too, like I think there's so much space and you know, all over the world, there's space. I, I follow a lot of micropreneurs who are over in Southeast Asia and India and um, Sub-Saharan Africa. There's just a tremendous amount of people who are using YouTube University and who are tapping into the micosphere and realizing that, yes, no matter how many people are growing mushrooms, there's a niche for you. There's still space for you. And I firmly believe that. So let's talk about the business side of Mountain View Mushrooms for a minute because mushroom cultivation and entrepreneurship are almost different universes, but they kind of align when you have your business trying to get it off the ground, going, okay, so I learned how to cultivate. I, I tinkered around, I bootstrapped, I was scrappy, and now I have a client at a, a brewery or at a, a craft beer place, and now I have another client. So did you have sort of a foundation of entrepreneurship, maybe from growing up in a family where your father has a business and whatnot, and, or is that something you really had to learn a lot on the ground while you were running the business? Um, yeah, I've always been fascinated with business, and that's why this podcast fits so well, like mushrooms and business. I've been fascinated with business. So uh, I've always looked up to you know entrepreneurs and, and what, they've, what they've been able to achieve and do. Uh, but yeah, in terms of getting like clients and stuff, I mean, that was just one little part of the business. And there's just so many different things that uh, in business that I've learned from doing this. But yeah, I've all my all my whole family's been entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurial related, and they've all been in like um, you know uh, different businesses, and they all have owned their own businesses, and some of them still running their own businesses. Some very successful people in my family. And yeah, I've just been fascinated and and look up to them. Uh, a lot I know a lot of people go to college and. Uh, that's awesome, um, but I just you know, was able to learn online and take it take it farther and farther. And if I wanted to, I could go ahead and I could pay for my schooling doing this and and everything. But I, I just I'm I'm doing really well. I don't want to stop. So, but yeah, my whole family entrepreneurial. I've been entrepreneurial. I took entrepreneur classes in high school. I I don't think I really got much out of them because I was just so fascinated. Like I would sit in class watching Dave Ramsey and sit listening to the teacher like the whole class. Or I'd go on and I'd be watching stock videos uh, from financial education and, and and like some really good resources where I could just learn and and keep growing my wealth into the future. And yeah, <laughs> I mean you can ask any of my friends in school. That's all I did in classes. I was just you know I'm just infatuated with business and. Uh, I didn't need to go to college to take a business class. I just wanted to do business, you know. I love that style of learning while you're doing. Project-based learning, if you will. You know, just getting going. And, and I think that entrepreneurship is about solving problems. Is kind of how I define it in the most broad strokes way. It's like if you solve people's problems and you solve problems, you're going to be successful. And I'm curious about... Uh, some of the challenges and the problems you've had to solve in your own business because inevitably you're going to face challenges. Like if anybody out there is running their own business or their own micropreneurial venture and they say that it's been all clear skies and smooth sailing, I don't believe you for a second. And I think that how you navigate 
those challenges are what's going to define your success in a lot of ways. Because when things are going well and you're getting these big clients and things are awesome, it's easy to run a business. But the facts are that that's not always the case, that there are going to be days and times where you run into challenges and obstacles. So I'd love to hear if off the top of your head, you can tell us about maybe some obstacles or some challenges running this business that you've had to find a creative solution for and how did you overcome those challenges? So uh, back to your saying at first, like yeah, creating value for someone is, is critical and if you're able to do that and you're, you're set, if you just create value to people, solve their problems, you're set. But in terms of my uh, the, like some of the biggest problems um, on the way to the business uh it comes down to contamination uh that's definitely it like you start picking up clients right great and then you get uh one batch of grain that you've transferred to a bunch of blocks that gets contaminated or you've can transfer that to other spawn and i make my own spawn uh so it's not like i i mean if i ordered it it would just it wouldn't come in time or it wouldn't be ready to take like a week week and a half so yeah i mean contamination and you have to adjust and and that's i think that's a problem uh starting out with all uh, un, uh mushroom entrepreneurs contamination contamination being very strict with your with your uh set substrate of whatever your spawn is and being very particular and methodical uh when you're uh, working within your flow hood or your steel air box whatever you're doing making sure you do as best as possible uh i mean it'll happen sometimes uh sometimes maybe not maybe not maybe we'll get you'll be very slick with it and good but yeah in terms of just spraying everything down washing your hands uh, sterilizing your equipment that you're going to use uh, very important but i've had times where i've contaminated bunch of blocks and it's very upsetting because you know your clients are waiting on these mushrooms or i've been able to consistently supply them but you know, a particular mushroom or, or maybe the, my main batches of oysters or lion's mane, you know, gets contaminated for that week. And that just sets me back, especially if it hits my spawn. Cause I, I like to transfer my spawn, uh, but I always do new batches, but yeah, that can really set you back and, uh, hurt the business for weeks. Have you optimized or streamlined your cultivation setup or is there any strategy in particular that you employed that helped to minimize or re minimize the contam and reduce those variables? I've actually done some very, I've never seen some of these methods on YouTube before. Or well, when I first started, I had insane demand at the farmer's market. I mean, I was selling out every single day and I uh, ended up transferring blocks. I uh, would smash up blocks and transfer them to other blocks instead of using grain spawn. And you do that so many times, you're going to get contamination at some point, um, and then you can't use those. But it, it worked out for a very long time. And also, I uh, I dry sterilized all my substrates in uh, pre pre in one Presto pressure cooker. I could fit nine unhydrated blocks, and I was able to sterilize them. And basically, I uh, used boiling water through a system. I could pump boiling hot water into those bags in front of my flow hood, uh, to hydrate those bags, which was just insane, and I could I could do nine blocks compared to four, where I could fit four in the pressure cooker. So yeah, I've been. I mean, without that method, I would not have made as nearly as much as I, I uh, have. I don't know if anyone's ever done that before, but it worked for me for a while until I was able to get a big pressure cooker. 
that I could fit a ton of block hydrated blocks in. Yeah, awesome. And I'm curious, are you looking to expand? I mean, most people who get to the point you're at, that's the next step It's like, okay, how do I keep growing out this mycelium, as you said earlier? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have a lot of uh, benefits being young, and I'm still with my parents right now. But yeah, I am expanding over on an actual farm, and I'm going to be building a, 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 it's already pretty much built. I have a other than a couple very important things like the uh, keeping the CO2 levels in check and obviously it's cold up here so I'm going to be basically heating the outside as I vent outside as I'm pushing all my warm air out and through the room. So there's some bottlenecks there I really have to figure out uh, and that's part of being a mushroom farmer and figuring those things out is critical. But yeah, expansion's huge. You just, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of overhead living with my parents. I started young. I guess I guess that's that's, I mean, I'm so grateful for it. My parents are so supportive of me and, and my teachers, especially uh, Mr. Greenberger. Um, uh, but yeah, expansion's huge and, and be, making sure that you can still scrap around and, and, and look around on Craigslist or eBay for different things you can utilize instead of like paying full prices for, for, for certain equipment that you need. But yeah, I, I've gotten a huge pressure cooker now. I can do uh, four times what I was doing in the, uh, not the Presto, because I upgraded from that and I upgraded again. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've always been reinvesting back into the business and just trying to keep my uh, acceleration going. Well, it looks like you've accelerated quite a bit over the last year or so, you know, mentioning starting out growing as a hobbyist in your bedroom and now supplying resorts and the farmer's market and all these restaurants. And, and uh, are you doing your own grow kits too, by chance? I mean, that's how you started. Is that something you've thought about? Yeah, I had lots of requests from people at the market uh, and bringing them there to give to people. I, I actually had I just the demand's been great. And, you know, for right now, it's slowed down. Definitely. Uh, I don't have the farmer's market anymore. When the farmer's market was here, I was and the chefs. It was the summertime. We got a lot of business up here in the summer. A lot of vacationers come up to uh, northeastern PA. Um but yeah, right then, I mean, there was no time to, to do that. Cause I was just so busy pumping out so as much mushrooms as I can in the two grow rooms I have constantly rotating and cleaning uh, the rooms and, 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 you know, my humidification systems and whatnot. Um, but yeah, grow, uh, grow kits. Uh, uh, one of the hedges, uh, the, uh, the things I want to invest in is um, actually a, uh, a dehydrator and I'll get a commercial food certificate. I'll, so I was, uh, I kind of talked to people, uh, talked to uh, one of the fire halls in the area has a kitchen in there. I could uh, donate to them or just, you know, they can utilize whatever they want in their commercial kitchen uh, of mine and use the dehydrator whenever they want. But that way I can get like a dehydrated uh, dehydrated mushrooms. So in case I overgrow in the wintertime, I can always dehydrate a vacuum seal, put a sticker label on them, throw them up on my Etsy store, my online things, uh, also my Instagram. So yeah, lots of different things I can do there. And then just keep uh, gaining chefs. You know, you've got so much going on as you've walked us through a little bit. And I love a podcast called Tropical MBA, and it's about location-independent entrepreneurship. And I modeled some of what I do after a lot of the guests and, and the content of that podcast. And one of the things they talk about a lot is as a small business owner and as an entrepreneur or a micropreneur in this case, there comes a point where you have to consider hiring someone or building your team. How do you know when that time is and, and what does that look like? It's different for different people. So without everything you have going on and your ideas of expansion, is that something that you've actively considered is like putting a small team together so you can delegate and have more time for whatever it is you do best and focusing on that? 
Absolutely. I mean, uh, this this is a time game. The mushroom cultivation is uh, business is, is a time game. Uh, yeah, I have consider, uh, considered in the future, but I need to make sure I maximize all my time, especially in the winter. I don't have uh, it's not as crazy. So I'm just trying to look for more and more chefs to deliver to. Uh, but but yeah, I've absolutely considered it. Uh, definitely down the road, it'll happen. But uh, yeah, maximizing your efficiency is what I would say is important to know uh, when you need to hire an employee. And once you maximize your efficiency with equipment, say you have an automatic bagger, you can invest in that. Like once I can get that, I can make a lot more bags. Uh, once you get a bigger sterilizer, then you know that okay, this is just going to require more time. Maybe someone else can do this. But once you've fully maximized, because employees are expensive. Uh, I mean, you could do part time too, but still. Um, yeah, just maximizing your time so when you get an employee, you can maximize their time. Uh, I think that's that's important that you utilize everything you can until you until you really don't have time or or you uh, are it's going into the enjoyment time of your day or or night whatever whatever that is for you. <laughs> yeah, what is that for you? We've been talking all about business, but let's hear beyond the realm of focusing on your business and entrepreneurship, etc. What do you like to do when you're done with all of your daily tasks? So, so yeah, I love to, I love fishing when it's not so cold out. I mean, but I mean, ice fishing is fun too. I like, love fishing. I play video games at night with my, with my buddies that are at college or, or home. Um, and ah, I just, uh, every now and then I'll, I love YouTube. I'll constantly watch different YouTube videos, whether mushroom related or just, you know, Mr. Beast or something funny like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, lots of different things, lots of different things. Uh, Editing videos is something I'm getting into now, and I actually really enjoy it. So I, I love getting in, um, getting in uh, YouTube, different YouTube uh, clips or whatever for my podcast channel. I also have a podcast, just entrepreneur related, and just actually anyone in general. Uh, and and that's really just to meet people. It's a good excuse to go ahead and meet people. <laughs> um, yeah, and those are all the different things. I mean, that pretty much that sums it up. That's pretty much my my ordeal. Uh, making videos, I play some video games at night sometimes with my buddies, um, mushrooms, uh, it, it, it might be my job, but it's still a lot of fun, and fishing sometimes, and I like to I like to work out too, I'll always go for runs and exercise, that keeps me in a good mental, mental state, mental mood, and it just relieves stress for me. Yeah, I mean, running a business, being an entrepreneur, as you know, takes up a ton of time. And that's another one of the topics that I like to dive into is about how some folks have this romanticized view of what it's like to own your own business. And they're like, I, I own my time. I'm going on break right now. But it's anything but, you know, it might be much easier just to work a traditional job with traditional hours as opposed to, you know, like my wife and I have a video production business we've been running for five years. And that's kind of like the nuts and bolts of how I started the podcast was having all this equipment and having the interest in mushrooms and wanting to build that out more. And what we noticed is like when something needs to get done and you have someone waiting on you and your you know business your reputation is at stake like you don't necessarily get to take the break you don't necessarily get to go i'm done with work at 5 p.m it's like if you own your own business you might have to be putting out fires at midnight sometimes and, and i think that's good to just accept that and to know like it's not as romanticized as all these videos four hour work week you know and things like that make it seem it's actually a lot of work it's a lot of work with unpredictable hours 
Exactly. When it comes to any business, uh, there's times where you have your downtimes and and you need to get things done. That's why I keep uh, track of what I need to get done for the day. Uh, it's easy to get lazy or caught up in the internet nowadays, and you you have to have something to stay in line, and you have to be disciplined. I mean, I think if you're self-disciplined, you can really achieve whatever you want, because uh, you're gonna sit down, you're gonna get it done, and you're gonna show people what you've done. Uh, and, and that's only going to help you and, and help the people you're supplying or, or the service you're doing. Uh, but staying disciplined, getting up and doing what you have to do each day is is so critical. And, and it doesn't even have to be with business. It's just with anything. You know, being consistent is, is huge in business. I mean, when you work for someone, you get up, you go to work. Uh, when you when you're when you're your own boss you get up and you know you might have people relying on you which will give you motivation but if it's just you you got to tell yourself okay i gotta get up and i gotta get this done uh, especially for mushrooms there's like a there's like a lag um i've noticed and I, I have slacked off in the past and it's and then i get behind and i'm very upset and i'm scrambling for different things um but yeah that's why i keep my list stay consistent with that get what i what get what needs to be done for the day and and make sure you know the lag time i'm talking about is when you have um your chefs you know they just ordered uh mushrooms and you have blocks waiting and say you miss a couple days like two days and you didn't put them in in time uh for whatever reason you got caught up in something else or, or you go away or whatever you know that's just going to be lag time between the next delivery and you have to be like okay uh, i got fresh mushrooms in a couple more days whatever when when you could you know hit them more consistently i mean it's hard with mushrooms uh, you got time you got timing they all come out at their different times and, and then incubation as well um, but yeah, discipline is critical for, for your own business and, uh, I'll just a list list. And cause if you, if you check everything off one thing, it's, it's nice. It feels good. Like, okay, I, I did something. I did that. I did this. I did this. Keeps your mind in order. And you also, you know, you just easy tally. It's easy wins. Just like making your bed in the morning, easy wins, you know, just little things that will make you be like, okay, I did, I did that. I did that, you know? Awesome, and I, I've got to go make my bed right now. It's the morning when we're recording this. I just rolled out of bed and did the podcast, and I'm stoked about having a studio set up where I can do this. You know, once upon a time, we had to go into offices, and I had my classroom, and my wife was at her media production position and had to commute, and now it's like the world has changed to such a degree that we can just set up our own home businesses and you have your home mushroom operation you know i've got my cultivation station and that's kind of awesome but it also means that like yeah get shit done that's kind of the motto that i believe in is like gsd like it doesn't have to be perfect you know you just ha you have to get something done and have results to show and then you can build off of that right i think i need to get a get a, get a whiteboard here um so i can stay on top of it yeah, I used to go off the top of my head, and I'm just like, nah, I just can't, because it's too many distractions. I get lost of what I'm supposed to do. But keeping a tally is so, so nice. I love it. I love it. It, it just helps me stay consistent, and, and that's critical in the mushroom industry, especially as I as I scale up this winter going into the summertime, because uh, that's really when, when the business really hits. So what are you working on right now what are some of the things that you hope to put out into the world for mountain view mushrooms come this summer that maybe are new or different yeah awesome yeah i i want to i want to definitely do more shiitake and, and get better at being better grower at that i've done a lot of different a lot of shiitake it's uh the strand i use 3790 um i use wheat bran and then hardwood with that i want to bring a lot of more shiitake to the market also some other different species other than the lion's mane the blue oysters you know the fast growing species 
uh, as I expand into the new grow room. Uh, and the trade-off with this is, is time, obviously, because they do take uh, maybe a little longer to grow with the shiitakes. Uh, in incubation, obviously, longer. But in terms of just the process of hitting the blo all, each block and taking all the... Um, all the, the bag, the bag, removing the bag from the block also takes time when you're doing 50 blocks or whatever. So definitely more shiitake I want to grow. I want to do dried mushrooms, uh, especially like if I overgrow this winter, um, being able to dry them is critical. And, and then I can save my mushrooms forever and rehydrate them and give them to chefs or, or whatever. Uh, expansion, so for this winter, also getting that grow room up, uh, at least the outline of it. Um, it's really hard battling the cold, so we'll see how far we can take that, but hopefully we can get it up and running for a cost-effective manner, because uh, it all comes down to cost, like, you know. Um, and yeah, uh, pressure cooking, we're good there. Got the new new pressure cooker open flame outside. Um, yeah, basically expanding grow room. Dehydrating mushrooms is going to be something big. I really want to get the Etsy site up and going. And then also expand the YouTube and my website, um, theshadedchef.com. I want to do cooking videos. And apparently Mountain View Mushrooms was taken online. So I, I decided we'll do a little. Because I, I did like the culinary side of things. And I always get a lot of questions. And I think it's important for everyone who has a mushroom business to get involved with the culinary aspect. Uh, talk to chefs. Even if you don't sell them things, talk to them. They'll love it. Build relationships with them. And they can help you get more chefs in the future. But yeah, just learning and, and cooking. And we've done lots of different things. I have tons of different pictures and recipes. Uh, but when I go to sell my stuff, they always ask, what, what can we do with these? Even if they're chefs, they probably know what they're going to do with them. But to just be, be prepared and have all those different menus or different ideas. You can even take them offline. And it's just to show people, oh, look, this is what you can do. And it really helps you sell your product. So yeah, I want to build like cooking videos uh, in the commercial kitchen and being able to just to display to the whole internet all sorts of different things lines made nuggets crab cakes um tons of different sautés um for christmas i actually got like some truffle salt truffle seasonings and stuff we'll do some cool things with those uh chips maybe even lots of different things there's so much you can do you can go in so many different directions uh you, i mean you gotta obviously stick to what you're good at and make sure you do the best at that but also these are just different ways uh, especially dehydrating it's going to be a hedge against overgrowing um, so all those little things are important, but they can all generate their own income streams. Well, when you mentioned the dehydrator, the first thing that came to my mind was mushroom jerky. Have you ever tried to make oyster mushroom jerky? I never have. I never even had it. I heard about it, but I never had it. It's fantastic. We had a guest and a friend of mine from San Diego, Eric Mueller, Mueller's Mushrooms, and he makes amazing blue oyster jerky. And I think he uses the king oyster actually, but regardless, he makes amazing oyster mushroom jerky. And it was the first time I had it was at the San Diego Mycological Society. He brought some to share with everyone. And I was blown away because it really has that texture of real beef jerky. And I thought, man, more people should be doing this. So definitely try it out. If you get the dehydrator, try and make some mushroom jerky and see how that goes. Yeah. I. I absolutely will. I think, uh, my, like my dad, like I said, my dad's a big cook, and I'm sure he would love to to try some mushroom jerky. And, and obviously, I'm gonna, if I am able to make it, I'll uh, 
Maybe I'll send you some. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Appreciate it. So parting shots here. You've dropped a lot of good intel, a lot of knowledge about your hustle with Mountain View Mushrooms and the way you approach things. And I'm curious if you just have any parting shots or advice for people who have a mushroom business of maybe a philosophy or a strategy or just some words of wisdom that you live by that you can share with us. Yeah, I mean, just if you love mushrooms, it's it's something really fun to do. Even if you don't get it into it as a full time, uh, like a full time thing, uh, or even a part time thing, you can just you could also sell mushrooms like part time. Just you know, deliver to one chef or two chef, get a little more income. Um, really, if you like mushrooms, get involved with it and and maybe get a grow kit or whatever. It's a lot of fun, and you can do a lot of different things uh, culinary wise with them uh, to make a really nice meal if you cook them right. Uh, it's not even that hard to cook. But yeah, anybody in the mushroom industry, stay consistent, keep growing. That's pretty much about it. That's what's up, man. Speaks for itself. Well, your work speaks for itself. We're inspired for sure, and we're going to be following. And really happy to have had you on the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. And keep in touch, Hunter. So thanks so much for joining us today. Will do. Thank you, Dennis. Peace out. There's so much to cover in the mushroom universe and so many mycopreneurs leveraging the infinite potential of fungi to create a more ecologically balanced, inclusive, and equitable world for all of us mischievous little monkeys. I am completely stoked that you've chosen to spend some of your hard-earned time in our little corner of the mycoverse. Hop on the gram, say what's up, at Mycopreneur Podcast. That's the handle. Don't get it twisted. We've got the full suite of social media up and running. Twitter, Mycopreneur. Got the YouTubes dialed in, Mycopreneur. Drop us a line. Tell your grandma and your kooky uncle. Tell your wife and your kids. If you're a mycopreneur yourself, you want to hop on the pod, by all means, willkommen, bienvenidos, welcome. Don't be a stranger. Let us know your thoughts on this episode, and also let us know what you want to hear in future episodes. This is a team effort. Thanks for stopping by the Mycopreneur Podcast. Have a lovely day. We'll see you back here next week.